Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where? What site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you back here for the big football show. Good to have you with us from the Dave in the City Studios at the home of champion Southern California. And we hope you enjoyed our first fantasy football show with uh, J- with Jerry Will uh, earlier tonight. And if you missed it, it's on it. The vo- the replay is on YouTube, and you can check it out at di- YouTube.com/slash/dickcal. As you can this show tonight where we are going to be doing our next round of football picks. We were off last week. We hope you enjoyed your your time away. We missed you, though, and we're back, and we're ready to tell you about what was just an unbelievable weekend of football all over college football and pro football. Upsets for upsets for Bama, number one, and the Chiefs, who were, have been really the best team in the AFC over the last three years. I mean, they both lost on this weekend. So that just gives you a feel for what was happening all across football. It's just an incredible weekend. We have John with us. We have Andy with us. We have Tommy sending the the picks via the text, and Ron as well sending picks via the text. And and uh, it should be a good time. So um, Andy will be joining us at some point very soon. John's with us now, and um, we got to take a look at all the chaos and break down what really was just a manic sun like manic. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in football. So, um, so uh, we hope you had your picks went well. I'll tell you what happened with us. And now, let's let's recap all this chaos. Let's hit it. Football picks week seven. Sorry for that uh, for that uh, delay. I was just trying to figure out where all the scenes were here. I've been a little rusty but let's go back to it if you're watching on youtube you can take a look at the results from last week ron making a move two one and one now the move is just to get closer to the pack he hasn't moved any places in the standings but two one and one is a good result because it was a crazy weekend and uh it's hard to really get picks in a weekend like that john was in second place at one and three andy was also one in three for week number six in the picks and I was just wearing the golden sombrero that weekend. I'll tell you what, though. I got hosed on one of those games. There's no doubt. And John knows it, too. John knows it, too. Because that affected his as well. 0-4. We're looking at you, Texas. Unbelievable. Uh, Coach's guest picks went 3-0-1. He had a terrific weekend in the guest picks. And that gives you these standings after six weeks. It is John, still in first place, at 15-7. and And Dave in second place at 13 and 9 despite the 0 and 4 week. Andy's in third place at 12 and 10 and Ron is 11 10 and 1 on the season. So though he didn't move any places, he's right there next to Andy in the standings. The guest picks this this the guest picks so far th- this year are 10 10 and 2. And thanks to coach, the guest picks look pretty respectable. So all in all, this is there are some definite highlights in this week and in the case of me, at least, some massive lowlights. 
<laughs> but uh, we're we're getting into it. We're getting into it. Let's get back to business and let's welcome in our, our panel. And right now it's John. And John, it's just so good to see you again. I hope your week was good and your weekend was good as well. How's it going tonight? What's going on, Dave? Yeah, thanks for having uh, us back on. Good. Looking forward to seeing Andy as well in a few minutes. Um, yeah, definitely was not on the right side of some of those beats that you were talking about. Uh, that Texas game, man, I'm sure we'll get into it more in depth. Mm -hmm. I, I just do not know how they didn't cover three and a half with that with that game. Um, it was just one of those weekends where, like, I was always just crawling back to to try to get back to 500 on, on the day, basically, for, for the picks. So you're going to have some of those throughout the course of the season. So you just got to stick to how you're picking the games, and eventually it'll, it'll you know, the breaks will go your way um like, like they have been so uh you know we'll try to get back on track with some with some winners this week but definitely a fun week of games to discuss you know overall yeah from a juice perspective you couldn't ask for anything more it was really an incredible week in football all over in ball on every level really i mean it was just tremendous so um andy has just joined us on the zoom chat call let me just give him give him a minute to to join the chat but it was great to catch up with him um, great catch up one here in La La Land, and and we 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 certainly did see a classic in in L.A. between the uh, the Browns and the Chargers. So Andy, if you're with us now, good to see you again. How's it going tonight? Um, I don't know who you're talking to, but if it's me, I'm just getting on. Just getting on. It is. <laughs> Andy, it's been quite crazy, but uh, but at any rate, um, upsets all over the place in sport, and it has been really interesting. Um, yeah, it is good to see you back, Andy. We can talk a little bit about what we what we were up to, um, over the weekend, but certainly just so much juice, so much juice, and we'll start with the NFL juice over the weekend. Uh, NFL juice was really quite quite memorable. I mean, last week's action started with a pretty good game between the Rams and the Seahawks, which the Rams ended up victorious, and everybody was remembering the name. Um, everybody was remembering the names of the receivers of the Rams on that that night. It was quite a quite a game. But then, you know, Russell, Russ got hurt, and they played Geno Smith for the rest of the game. It was kind of interesting. And we'll, we'll see if... Um, I don't know if the... I, I think the, Ram, the Seahawks could weather the storm with this, but it certainly is a big loss, losing your best quarterback for several weeks. So we'll see. Um, and then it continued with a, just a crazy game between the Bengals and the, the Packers, and then it continued more into the late afternoon slate where the game that Andy and I were at, the, the Browns versus Chargers, that game was just great. Just, just bananas. It, was just, it ended 49-42. Just crazy. And then it had an even crazy. 47-42. Oh, did I say four? I keep forgetting about that two-point conversion. Okay. <laughs> they didn't get the two-point conversion. It was 47-42. 47-42. Good call, Andy. And then at night, it ended with that just wacky, bizarre game at, uh, at Arrowhead between the Butt Bills and the Chiefs, which the Chiefs lost going away, actually. And it had a 90-minute delay, which was very interesting for Andy and me because we were at the bar watching that. Um, and then um, it had a, just a brutal call in there, too. Um, but let's go to John first and get your thoughts on last week's action. I mean, there has been so much juice. And Texas got one of the worst beats of the season, too, in the Red River game in college. Oh, I'm sorry. We're getting to that later. But, the, but on the NFL side, I mean, what did you think of the weekend, John? It was really... It was really quite an interesting 
quite an interesting day in, in, in Sunday action in football and more the same on Monday when the the Ravens rallied to beat Indianapolis. So uh, let's get your thoughts on last week's action, John. Yeah, I mean, that window of, I think it was like 345 to 415 was just pure insanity on the Red Zone channel. I don't know if you guys, where you were at that point in terms of your um, your your activity in, in L.A., if you were at the stadium or if you are at a bar, you had, and man, it was just insane. Um, you know, obviously the, the Packers-Bengals game featured five straight missed field goals, um, three by Mason Crosby. The dude had not missed a field goal in two years, and he misses three in a row. Like, each one um, easier than the next. Like, you know, that game gave me the most stress as a Green Bay fan that I've had in a while because, really, they dominated the game for most most of it. The Bengals' only touchdown in the first half was a fluke-broken play where Burrow just throws it up for grabs. And the, the safety looks like he's about to intercept it and somehow goes right through his hands to chase scores a touchdown. And their only drive in the second half was um, at the end of the game when it was 22 to 14. And, you know, they, they had a nice drive down the field. And uh, I don't know why the Packers were like playing off. They were playing prevent defense up eight. I didn't, I didn't understand that, but regardless, they, the Bengals score and they get the two point conversion to tie it. And then all the craziness from there kind of, kind of started, but even before then, I mean, Green Bay, they, should have put them away sooner with just they just couldn't uh score in the red zone which is pretty atypical of, of rogers and the floor um what they've done so far together uh and then it just it just all hell broke loose with with the missed field goals um you know thankfully mercifully that crosby finally made one i did not agree with the decision to kick once he had missed three because i remember a couple of years ago in detroit he, he had there's a game right he literally missed five times in the same game like there's like two extra points and three field goals he missed so he was kind of having one of those games um but i will give a huge shout out to zach taylor this guy is a complete fool uh the bengals have a good team but he does not know what he's doing anybody with half a brain could have seen that the packers were just completely gassed on defense and could not stop anything and this guy as soon as they got into field goal range he like he settled for a 57 yard field goal. And then in the overtime, he's running up the middle on second and third and one, settling for a 49 yard field goal. Like the Packers corners were playing six yards off the ball. Like they could have definitely been more aggressive and gone down the field. So we will uh, credit part of that win to Zach Taylor, who's just, he is not a, a good NFL coach whatsoever. I will continue to fade him going forward for sure. Um, so yeah, that was a good win for Green Bay, four in a row now. And, uh, to Chicago this week, so they can get on a, get on a nice little um, streak here in the NFC. Um, so while that was going on, you had uh, Detroit and Minnesota, a game that was just completely like dull. They might have showed two plays the entire time on red zone, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the Lions are down ten. They get a touchdown, or they get a field goal. All right, here's the Lions kicking a field goal to make it with one possession. You know how Scott Hansen has to like give you a sorts of you know make the game look more interesting than it really is. Right. And then they, they cut again. Oh, the blinds one down one possession with the ball. And they, they, they stop the Vikings. They get the ball back. They score. And then they go for two, like Campbell, big balls, Campbell there. He, he goes for two, they get it. So they're up one. And then um, I, I guess same thing as with, when they played the Ravens, they're just, they're playing, they leave in the middle of the field wide open on like these third and long plays. I, I just don't understand why an NFL team would do this. Like blitz the quarterback. I, 
I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But uh, Cousins gets them in within range, and, and the kicker drills it. So that was a, a entertaining game and another kind of heartbreaking loss there for the Lions. Um, a game that I still don't understand how it went against our direction. I, I had Carolina minus three. I think Andy did. I think mostly everybody did. And they were ahead the whole game. I'm looking at the box score right now. It was like uh, fifth. I'm sorry. It was like 16 to three in the third quarter, second quarter. Um, and somehow all of a sudden, like you look up and then the Eagles are winning 21 to 18. I guess there was a play. I, I missed this where there was a fumble in the end zone and the Eagles uh, Panthers couldn't fall on it. And then I guess that was kind of a turning point in the game. Um, you know, Darnold did not play well towards the end, getting picked off. I mean, their offensive line uh, just couldn't hold up. So that was a pretty – another disappointing loss that I, I had. I mean, that pick was looking pretty good for a while. Um, uh, the Texans-Patriots game surprisingly had a lot of juice. I thought this – you know, before the game, you have the Patriots ruled out that they're literally down four of their offensive linemen, their starting offensive linemen. Um, you know, they're coming off that emotional game against Bucks. The Texans, they're terrible. And, you know, you figure the New England defense could at least show up. It was like the perfect under game. And then here we are in the, the first quarter, there's like 21 points scored. Davis Mills actually looked like a, a good NFL quarterback. So, you know, we may have to make make a note of that. But um, the Patriots are flat as a pancake. Thankfully, they ended up coming back and winning by three for some teaser scenarios that uh, probably many of us had going. So um, that was another crazy game. Um, the, the late window, I'll let you guys document that LA Cleveland game, uh, San Fran, Arizona. I, I had San Fran. That was another game that didn't kind of go in my direction. I mean, Arizona really didn't play that well. Um, Shanahan, every time they showed that game, they were going for it on fourth down and missing it. I think the Niners were like one for six on fourth down. It was just crazy. I, I just don't hit, hit some of his in-game decision-making, um, very questionable and they really could have covered that, but you know, I guess it just sets up a nice number for us to fade Cliff again this week, uh, which we shall be doing. Um, and then, yeah, the Sunday night game. I mean, I don't know if I want to call it like a passing torch in the AFC, but you could you could just the, the, the way the Chiefs have been playing, their, their defense is just so bad. They, they couldn't stop anything Buffalo was throwing at them. And, um, you know, it's just the Chiefs, even the Chiefs offense, it just still doesn't look right. Like Mahomes is just running for his life. It just They're just playing schoolyard football on every play. You just can't. Like I see it enough with with Packers. Like when Rodgers stays within the construct of the floor's offense, like taking the check downs to the running back, taking the quick slants, like the offense is incredibly efficient and they go right down the field. When he starts to play like this hero ball and he's looking like throwing 30-yard bombs down the field, like it just doesn't work. And it's the same kind of thing with the Chiefs. So um, you know, they'll probably be there at the end. They're they're just really struggling right now. And um, you know, I don't know what their answer is, but definitely an impressive win by the Bills. And then the Monday night game, uh, just what an utter collapse by the Colts. I mean, just good for those of us who had the, the Ravens at the last leg of a teaser. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's just a one-man team at this point. I mean, you you, take, you deal with his fumbles for the fact that he puts up about 500 yards on his own. So, um, you know, that was a pretty crushing loss for Indianapolis. And, you know, the Ravens, they just seem to play some entertaining games every single week. So, yeah, probably the – it's just crazy. These NFL games, it just every Sunday, it's just the, the, mar the margin between these teams is just so thin. You just get some amazing games and finishes every week. I mean, the primetime games have been unbelievable. Um, so not surprising to see the, the ratings are, are way off this year compared to last year because you have fans back in the mix. It's just been a great start to the season. So 
um, you know, we hope, we hope the, the juice keeps going and, um, you know, it was, it was a great weekend for sure. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was nice to be a part of it. And, you know, I, I the only thing that was kind of a bummer is that you know, Andy and I missed most, a lot of the early action for a lot of, for a number of reasons, but, but that wasn't the big deal because we, man, we, the game we were at was just insane. Like it was just great. So I'm going to give it to you, Andy, and we'll give you your thoughts on last week's action. Certainly we can comment on the, on the, uh, the, the four o'clock Eastern slate. And um, uh, and and then obviously the cl- the clear game we can comment in is that Charger game, which was just one for the ages. It was really great. And so, um, I had to correct the score. If you're watching on YouTube, I had to correct it on the slide too because I, for whatever reason, I put 27. I meant to write 47, not 27. So I put the four over. <laughs> it's like a clown. Anyway, Andy, let's get your thoughts on last week's action. Yeah, Dave, you need you need your uh, you need like a podcast assistant or something. Like I do. That. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's a first world problem. First, let's let's rewind the clock back to Thursday night. Uh, quick hint on that Seattle Ram game. Not sure if LT56 is in the podcast chat. If he is, what up? But uh, I have to call him out on his um, typical Geno Smith remark he made in the on the board when uh Gino threw the pick in the last couple minutes of that game though actually it wasn't his fault Eli style not his fault Lockett fell I wouldn't blame that pick on Gino Smith that was a weird game you know depressed Seattle with Wilson making his finger look all sort of a big finger of a big finger um so now, yeah, uncharted waters for Seattle. That was, a, you know, as good as they looked in the first half, they were bad in the second half. Um, Ron's not here, but if he is here, and if I had seen him on the board earlier this week, I'd have to be like, yo, uh, called it, called it, called it, called it, called it, with Jamal Adams being, a, you know, malcontent, all about me type of guy, and kind of came to fruition last Thursday. He was getting, uh, he was just getting exposed, didn't have a good game, getting beat. And then after the game, he was blaming others. So not the greatest uh, performance out of Seattle with or without Russell Wilson, you know, uh, no excuses. It's the NFL, you know, you play who you play. Um, Rams play um, Robert Woods just caught another pass while we were talking. I mean, God. And I saw I had Cooper Cup on a fancy team, and Coop Cup didn't get as much production. I got Robert Woods, I had him on the bench. So, yeah, all about me, fantasy problem. Ooh. But yeah, that was a good Thursday night game for the most part. Um, yeah, the first world problem about going to these NFL games is you know, you miss out and then. Uh, to compound that, you know, you, the days of just trying to find the, like a simple highlight package is next to impossible because you're not going to find it on ESPN anymore. And even like, ESPN.com doesn't have great highlights. I guess I could have gone on my phone and wa- watched like condensed the condensed game on the Sunday Ticket app. But all this to say, did not see the Cincinnati Green Bay missed field goal after missed field goal after missed field goal. We were walking to the uh, to SoFi and had a uh, money line parlay plus two fifty on New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers. John highlighted 
all those games for the most part. Here I am, stupid clown, walking to the stadium, starting to lose service. And I'm like, well, the Patriots pulled it out of their fanny, like getting texts from random Mongos who are also gambling, like uh, Crosby missed, Cincinnati missed, Green Bay missed again. <laughs> like, all right. And then finally, like Green Bay won. And I'm in my head, last thing I checked was like Carolina had this game in the bag. And like, it wasn't even a thought to be like, well, let's make sure Green Bay or uh, let's make sure Carolina finished the job. And I texted, I'm like, well, I had this three-team parlay, and my buddy was like, oh, yeah, Carolina's done. I'm like, what do you mean Carolina's done? They were in command. And then he, like, Darnold just threw a pick. I'm like, well, wow, Darnold threw a pick, but weren't they up 10, like 10 seconds ago? So that game bothered me. If I was watching that, I'd be, I'd probably still be tweeting about it. But that's a bad game. That's a bad game for Carolina. The Eagles, are they're not a good team, but – I don't know. That's gambling. So yeah, the 10 a.m. slash 1 p.m. window had a lot of juice, and I can't. And and I, you know, we all feel left out, Floyd included, and Dave probably. Oh yeah. It's, it's well, the bar—the bar was not helping, right? Like we we cannot find a bar around that stadium that has like all the games. Like we were like, you know. I would assume that every bar had it, but it's clearly not the case. So it is what it is. It's okay. I mean, it's I just, okay. Yeah. We'll find it. You'll find it. And I'm sure there's probably other places around there that has Sunday ticket. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, did you notice uh, when I, I was taking the piss at some point, there's like, is the NFL studio building or NFL network building across the street of from the stadium? Because it's they going- have the network on this huge it basically took up like a quarter of a side. Oh, you, know? you mean on the way in? Yeah, I did see that. I think they were doing the red zone, weren't they? So they, you know, that's you an take idea. A- watching San Francisco, Arizona highlights, but oh, yeah. So ten a.m. games are crazy. Um, John documented it pretty well. Um, the game we went to was just wild. I still think Cleveland kind of choked. They're up twenty-seven thirteen at one point. They went three and out at the worst possible time. Uh, they threw uh, Baker Mayfield threw a bomb on second and long or second. Yeah. Second and nine to stop the clock. And then on the next play, I think they handed off to Kareem hunt. That's when they gave the ball right back. Like the one thing Cleveland could not have done in that instance was go three and out. And they did. Um, they were just running, just gashing the chargers, just gashing the chargers all day long. Baker didn't have to throw the ball deep. And uh, leading up to this game, people were saying on the internet that he's got this torn labrum. And I forget if it was his throwing shoulder or his non-throwing shoulder, but, you know, I was wearing that stupid jersey all morning and everyone was like, is Baker playing? Is Baker <laughs> Like, dude, what the hell? I'm just wearing the freaking jersey. I don't know. And uh, But I feel like when he actually did have to throw deep, like he he couldn't and on that last drive when they were down 47 to 42 and they needed big chunk plays they could not get it done nope so it was something to keep an eye on with with baker um great game though herbert herbert is a stud that's another further indictment on how on how bad oregon's coach is cristobal i mean i'm still pissed at that iowa state bowl from last year and yeah i mean you Anyone that questioned Herbert, and there are a lot of them, myself included, just blame the coach. I mean, he's 
he's just a stud. Um, it's going to be crazy, Dave and John, with obviously you know New England is no longer New England, and with the Chiefs being the way they are, and, and with the Steelers, they're done. There's really like this vacuum for the AFC uh, to have some sort of random representation in the in the conference game. Obviously, uh, KC can figure it out. They, you know, why wouldn't they? But you know, it could be a, a weird, you know, AFC representative in the Super Bowl. You know, Doggy predicted the Chargers, like a, a, a Chargers San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. The 49ers aren't looking so hot right now, but you know, who knows? Why why not? Why not? the LA Chargers at this point. Um, those other four o'clock games, I didn't, yeah, we, we didn't see them. Um, I think the whole fade Kingsbury when he's a favorite, that, that game shouldn't count because it wasn't Garoppolo. I, so don't, don't count that. I feel like this will be different when they place the Browns as a three point favorite, but, and then the night game was, was wild too. I, I think we all can agree, whether you beat uh, bet the Chiefs or the Bills, that was an egregious roughing the passer penalty on Frank Clark. That would have, you know, Casey's going to get the ball back probably around midfield, down 11. They had just they had just carved that deficit from 18 to 11. Anything could have happened back then. And then that, that penalty completely changed the game. And right on cue, you know, Francesa, who knows how much money Francesa had on the Chiefs, but like clockwork three two one mike's tweet like just the refs are ruining the game <laughs> it's like he, he had a point there he, he definitely did and then the monday night game i uh was at the airport bar had the had the baseball game on and the 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 monday night game on too so it was kind of hard to pay attention to both things going on but i guess that game was crazy i guess frank wright got a little tight they had kicking problems of their own, but yeah, I mean, at first glance, I was like, Boston, there's no way Baltimore going to lose to the Colts, and they're down 22 to three. So, in the NFL, it's hard to win in the National Football League. That's a good way to close it out, Andy. Yeah, it it, it actually is. <laughs> you know, you just never know, and I mean, you had Houston right there after they got slaughtered by Buffalo the week before. You just never know. You just never know. Particularly with a point spread, you just never know. I had a rough week. I was 0-4, so it was not a good week for, for my purposes either. Um, so let's just go to the picks and try to turn that around, everybody. And I think we'll start with Ron's picks, who, again, Ron had the best week out of everybody last week. So let's let's go right to his picks as we start our week number six football selections for him. So here they are. So for Ron... He's going to start with game number one, which is going to be in Florida. He's going to actually take Urban Meyer this week. Can you believe it, folks? He's actually going to play it. Jaguars getting three against the Dolphins. Now, um, a little bit of drama as far as Tua coming back, perhaps not coming back. We were just—I was just talking with with uh, Jerry earlier in the show, uh, in our last in our fantasy football show about Miles Gaskin. He might be a factor too. Yeah, that's an interesting call by Ron. Anyway, uh, that's game number one. Game number two for Ron, he will take the Panthers getting one against the Minnesota Vikings at home. This should be a good bounce-back spot for Carolina after losing an inexplicable loss to Philadelphia when they did seem, and I agree with Andy, it looked like that was in the bag in the third quarter, um, but not to be. So for Ron, it's going to be Jaguars plus three, 
And the Panthers plus one for week six in the NFL. Pretty cool. Okay. So good luck, Ron. And now let's go to let's go over to John in Connecticut. And John, when you're ready to go, we're gonna we're ready for your week number six football picks. All right, Dave. I'll I'll note that that game is in London. We're sending the Jags and Dolphins to London oh, really? for 9:30 a.m. Yes, can't wait for that one Sunday morning. That, that's going to be quite the treat to wake up to. <laughs> At least it'll be maybe some laughs from it. Um, yeah, we, we must hate the Brits. We're, we sent them Falcons and Jets, <laughs> no, and now <laughs> Jags and Dolphins. Like, you really, you really can't make it up. One and three versus one and three versus, and then. The encore is one and four and zero oh and five. Yeah, yeah, and I saw we're we're playing in Germany next year too. Like, who are we going to send for that one? Like, are we going to send like Rutgers and UConn or something? Like, it can't get much worse than what we're sending the the, the Brits. But man, um, all right. So let's get to the picks for, for this week. So I will start with um, I'm going to go with the Lions getting three and a half at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I just talked about the Bengals. Uh, they're definitely an improved team this year compared to what they were the past few years. You know, Burrow, I think he's going to definitely be a player in this league. They're just surrounded with talent with Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd and um, T. Higgins. Like, they have a very dynamic-looking offense. The problem is, and I mentioned it before, Zach Taylor is just absolutely horrendous. Like, he just coaches so conservative towards the end of these games. Um, you know, you even saw it against the Jags a couple weeks ago on the Thursday night where they were favored by what seven points and they get down 21 to 7 or 17 nothing something like that it required a huge comeback for them to win that game um, by three points so basically what I'm saying is like you cannot trust the Bengals as a three and a half point favorite on the road like it just especially coming after that kind of just emotional like letdown you know heartbreaking kind of game like I could see just them being flat in this um, the Lions, you know, they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year, and they've, they've been competitive in almost every game. Um, you know, again, the, the, they did do a lot of garbage time against the Niners in week one, so that's kind of skewed, but they played the Packers great for a half. They sh really should have beaten the Ravens, and they easily could have won last week against the Vikings. Um, the other game against Chicago, they were in the red zone a number of times and, and failed. Um, and, you know, the Bears were lucky to, to kind of get away from that game. So they've been competitive. You just you saw how much um, uh, Campbell, like, yeah, he was in tears after the game on Sunday. I just think they're, they're ready to, to, to get this win. And if not, I think this game is ending with somebody winning it on a kick. And in that scenario, you're getting three and a half. So um, we'll take the Lions uh, getting the three and a half at home here for Cincinnati. And then the second pick... I'm going to take the Browns minus three at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they really should be able to run all over the Cardinals. I mean, their rushing game is just so dynamic with Hunt and Chubb. And, you know, Mayfield really doesn't even have to do that much, but I think he could do well against this Arizona defense. I saw today Chandler Jones is not going to be playing uh, due to some COVID issues. Um, I mean, Arizona is a good team. I'm not going to say they're, they're not. I mean, they've clearly proven that you know, they're better than the average NFL team, but I still think their record's a little bit inflated. I, I don't think they're, they're, you know, everyone's talking about Arizona's going to the Super Bowl now. Like, let's let's just calm down a little bit on that. They're going to lose a few games, and I think this is a, a good spot for them to take their first loss uh, on the road in Cleveland. So we will take the Browns minus three. In addition to the Bengals, plus three and a half are your NFL picks for week number six. 
All right, John. Thanks for those picks. Very interesting value, I think, um, is with respect to, especially with respect to the lines. Like you, you, it's it's interesting. They did they did sort of hang around there last week, like you mentioned. So very interesting. So let's go to Andy, and we're ready for your week six when you are ready. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Uh, be relatively quick. Game number one. You know, I normally I would try to pivot and, and try to find a new game, but. Uh, I hadn't looked at any of the lines until like right about now. And uh, so I'm gonna, for for the sake of strategy and well, if he th- if I'm thinking it and he thinks it, I'm not the only, I can't be that stupid. So I'm, I'm gonna go checker on a checker with checker and take Cleveland minus three. Um, it's, it's one of those like, fade, yeah, fade Kingsbury on the road. Yeah, I know that, this really has nothing to do with like performances and actual like what happened on the field. So, you know, guys like Gamble and yeah, you don't even you don't even know the players' names. But you know, there's something to be said, like Arizona, you close your eyes, you see them, they're playing on the road, they're playing their white uniforms, they're playing like in the northeast, in the fall, could be I don't even know if weather's gonna be a factor, but they're just you close your eyes, you think of Arizona as a team that just doesn't win like big games on the road if it's cold, if there's elements. And I, it's probably not too, it's not late enough in the year for Cleveland to have any of that. But all that to say, you know, I think Cleveland, what we saw last week, what we've seen of them throughout the year is, you know, they have one of the best running programs in, in the league. Uh, Arizona's more of a, uh, I won't say one-man band, but it, it's Kyler Murray. And if Kyler Murray is, is slightly off, then that whole team can struggle. And if, yeah, John already mentioned Chandler Jones. I mean, besides that one game where he had like five and a half sacks, like, well, that's basically it. And uh, I'm not saying Stefanski isn't Lombardi, but he, he's, he's better than Cliff Kingsbury. I think we can all agree upon that. And so... You know, Arizona has just kind of had this uh, charmed start to the season. You know, they they beat Minnesota because Minnesota couldn't kick the ball proper. They beat Jacksonville because everyone beat Jacksonville. You know, they got kind of a break against San Francisco because no Garoppolo. So they've uh, kind of mirrored, you know, the Broncos to a certain standpoint where they've uh, benefited from the schedule that's been presented to them. And so... Yeah, give me give me the Browns minus three. Anti Clint Kingsbury, uh, anti Arizona on the road. Um, give me give me the Browns. And then uh, game number two, and uh, you'll have to check on this because Tommy sent me his picks and he picked Dallas minus three. But we can all go on Vegas Insider right now, and it's Dallas minus three and a half, and. Uh, I say this because we, for you know, protect the field, protect the integrity of this co- uh, contest, and I'm taking the Pats. So I, I'm getting Pats plus three and a half because we go on Vegas Insider right now, and it's Dallas minus three and a half. This is a scenario where, if you're not a uh, Patriot Mongo, you see the line, you're like Dallas should be favored by a lot more than three and a half, which is probably why Tommy's taking it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and. New England needed to freaking pull every last measure uh, 
Houston missed a couple field goals. Uh, Houston got called for roughing the passer penalty on third and 19. Um, New England had to do a lot just to squeeze out a win against the Texans, which are, you know, the Texans are arguably one of the, you know, crappier teams in the league. Dallas is just, you know, they've been flying. You know, a lot of people, ourselves included, had a lot of questions about Dallas. You know, their defense isn't any good, but their defense looked pretty good, you know, opening night against against uh, Tampa Bay. You know, they had that crazy game against the, the Chargers uh, week two. You know, we didn't see any of the game against the Giants last week, but, you know, they handled them pretty well. Um, I would say they, you know, the the Eagle game on that Monday night, they, I think they kind of killed them too. Um, so, yeah, now they're going to New England and they're only three and a half. And, and we've all seen New England. They, you know, they, they look their best, arguably, in the loss against Tampa. And then every other game, they've kind of been underwhelming. Um, but... Uh, again, this is just a game where, you know, I want to root for the Pats, be a Mongo, Nance and Romo going to be there. Um, you know, Damian Harris, he's probably one more fumble in the red zone away from losing his job. Um, but the problem is the guy from Oklahoma, Stevenson, he fumbled against Miami and he hasn't sniffed, uh, any significant playing time after that. And, uh, so we'll see, you know, the not to sound like Dilfer, but the Patriots, the only way and the way to win this game is to, you know, control the ball, be relatively conservative and simple on offense. And when you get in the red zone, a few times you are going to get in the red zone, you have to get, you know, touchdowns because you can't, you can't settle for field goals. If you're going to win a 21 to 17 ball game, you need to be the team with the 21, which means no red zone field goals. So give me the Pats plus three and a half. For game number two, game number one, Browns minus three. Thanks for the pick, Sandy. Yeah, very savvy thinking there with the with especially with the New England pick. And I will confirm the three and a half for you. And besides, it's a bonus pick anyway, so you you certainly get priority there. So that's what I see too. So we're gonna go three and a half both ways. You'll see the guest pick later from Tom regarding that game. So thanks everybody. Thank you, Andy. Good luck. And now we'll go to my picks. And here's what I've got for you in week six. Let's do it. All right. So let's see. I'm going to go. Let's go take a look at this. Week six in the NFL. Well, it can only go up. It was a rough, rough couple days. <laughs> that was rough. Rough time. Although I did think I was in the right place with a couple of those games. But let's not worry about the past. We'll go to the future. And I'm going to go take on. And this is, this is tricky because we got the Chargers who just had a dramatic win against the against the Browns and you have the Ravens who just had a dramatic win against the Colts on Monday Night Football. So it's like, how do you pick a game like that? Well, I'm going to take the value. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road getting the three points. I, I think as good as Lamar Jackson is, and he's very good. Like, he's really good. And as well as they can be running the ball, you did see some stuff that you probably aren't going to see a week from now. Mark Andrews getting like a billion points in fantasy, fantasy wherever your league was. That is not going to happen again. That's just crazy. And But the Chargers, I feel like, are the model of consistency on, on offense. They have a lot of great options. Herbert is having a fantastic year. And I think Tom texted me this morning. He thought that Herbert was the front runner to be the MVP. And I, I think I'm with him on that. He's playing really great to start the year. You have some great wide receiver options, whether it's uh, Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. And then you've got Austin Eckler, who's just having a tremendous start. 
I mean, it's a great offense. And the, you, know, you saw that the Colts, with not nearly as good running backs, running all over the Ravens on Monday night. So I'm going to go with the Chargers here. And we'll, we'll just say, uh, you know, good luck, Yachts, or congratulations, Yachts, or sorry, Yachts, at the end of it. We'll find out which one it is, but I'll take the, my chances with the points. Chargers plus three. That's game number one. That was very long. So I'll make this shorter. Titans plus five and a half for, against the Bills is the second one. You talk about a letdown spot. The Bills, after that big, dramatic blowout win of Kansas City, which is aided by a bad call. Hell fucking no, they're not going to cover that. Fuck no. Titans plus five and a half. That's game number two to go with Chargers plus three. Sorry for the language. I've just, just I was pretty fired up about that. I'm just like the Bills are not look, I I gotta give the Bills a lot of credit. No doubt. They're a great team. They're a good team. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not I feel like they're due for a letdown at some point. Alright, let's go to the guest picks. They are from Tom. Let's do it up. Alright, here we go. So Tom in New Jersey. These are her his picks, of course. As we come to expect from Tom's guest picks, we'll have some bonus picks as well. Tom will first go... <laughs> he just shook his head off camera. <laughs> Tom will go Chargers plus three, going checker and a checker with my pick earlier. Tom, Tom also goes Bears plus four and a half against the Packers, and I don't know if that's going against anybody. No, I don't think so. So uh, Chargers and Bears are his two NFL picks. Now for the bonus picks. He will take the Bucks, giving six and a half tomorrow against the Eagles. And he will, as we talked about earlier in Andy's segment, he will lay the points with Dallas, giving three and a half against said Patriots in Foxborough. So once again for Tom, Chargers plus three, Bears plus four and a half, and two bonus picks of Bucks minus six and a half, and Cowboys minus three and a half for week six. Ooh, that's a lot there to unpack. So let's go look at the games coming up this weekend. And it actually... We have a pretty good slate coming up. Um, so let's go look. And, oh, whoops, I, had, I was on the wrong slide. Excuse me, it was over here. Um, these were Tommy's picks for NFL Week 6. Oh, God, I need it. Not my finest hour on YouTube, folks. Sorry, folks. But let's go to featured games. Hopefully they're the right ones. Okay, yeah, they, those look pretty good. So here's what we have up for Week 6 in the NFL. You've got... Pretty good 1 p.m. slate, actually. So that Charger-Ravens game is surprisingly an early game. I think it's just because CBS... Yeah, I don't know why this is for an early game. I, I think it's a better game than the other one. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, Chargers-Ravens at 1. Packers-Bears at 1 o'clock on Fox. And then Vikings-Panthers also at 1 on Fox. Uh, I'm not really sure if that's really a featured game, but it is two teams that are in the same kind of record, so I, I'll give it. I'll give it to them. Vikings have been a little off to start the year, but maybe they'll be better here. Cardinals versus Browns, though. John talked about that in picks. Really good pick. Really good game, I think, coming up at 405 Eastern on Fox. And let's give it up to the 405 slot. Man, 405 games have been killing it. You know, the Chargers game was a 405 game, so it's kind of been a bummer for the doubleheader networks. They're not getting the best games here. But, uh, but you do get one decent game in the doubleheader slot. Maybe. Raiders, Broncos, I'll let you guys decide whether that's a featured game. Bills versus Titans will be your Monday night game. Notice I didn't put Sunday night this time because it's – I don't think there's much there. I think – what was it, like Seattle versus Pittsburgh? Yeesh, no. So Monday night is your last featured game. Bills-Titans could be sneaky good, you guys. Like I said, I think the Titans are going to be very pesky here. If you remember, I think the Titans crushed either Buffalo or Indianapolis last year, or maybe I had that backwards um, in, when, in one of those games. So Bills Titans at 8:15 Monday night could be interesting. 
So let's go to the panel, talk about the games coming up. John, I'll give it to you first. I mean, certainly a lot to talk about. What do you think? Yeah, you're right about that, Dave. If you remember, um, Bill's Titans last year was a Tuesday night game. They Remember, they moved the schedule all over the place because of the COVID uh, situation. And um, that game ended up being played on a Tuesday night. Uh, the Titans were without, like, half their team, basically, or, or, you know, it was just a number of players. And um, they just they just crushed the Bills. So I agree with your pick, Dave. I think it's the perfect spot for Tennessee. Um you know, with Buffalo coming off that that huge win, I think the line's probably inflated a few points. I uh, just maybe a little worried about kind of the revenge angle from last year, but I don't know if that kind of works with NFL teams, maybe more so with, you know, college teams that win one year and then, you know, they play again the next, especially in the non-conference matchups. But yeah, that, that should be a pretty good game. Um, the Titans haven't really been that impressive this year, um, but there's certainly, there's, there's talent there, obviously. And I think that that could be a pretty good game. So I would tend to agree with you, Dave, on that on that pick anyway, um, as long as the spread stays where it is, like it's like five and a half right now. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I guess we'll work backwards. Uh, Raiders, Raiders, Broncos, um, you know, John Gruden's gone and we'll see. It honestly could be a relief for the team to have him out of there. I mean, it was clearly maybe a distraction last week, just being there on the sidelines with, with all this like over their heads. So, um, you know, I, we certainly have proven the Broncos are not as good of a team as they started the year. And I think we called that a couple of weeks ago when they played the Ravens because, you know, they started off against the, the Giants, Jets, and Jags. And uh, they, they've kind of played down to their competition since. So I see the Raiders are catching three and a half. That definitely entices me uh, for this game. Um, Vikings, Panthers, I honestly, I, I, I would not bet that mo- that game if someone gave me their money to bet. I have no idea with that. I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings, who knows what you're going to get from them? Like they they just play up and down to their competition each week. And the Panthers, you know, we saw them the other day just collapse against Philly. I'm staying away from this game. Um, Packers, Bears, always a great rivalry. I mean, the Packers have owned the Bears in recent years. Uh, Rodgers has, has, I think they've won 10 out of 12 in, in Soldier Field. Um, you know, everyone's probably going to be on Green Bay. It's only, the spread's only four. Uh, the Bears still have a good defense, but I don't, I don't, I, the Packers defense actually has been playing okay. Like I was really, you know, worried after the first couple of games of the year, but they've settled in nicely. They just need to do a little more of, um, you know, they do this, this soft zone coverage and they just need to be more aggressive. Um, but, you know, they, they, I think they're going to win, like, you know, but it, it, it spreads kind of dicey. Yeah, maybe Green Bay more so in money line parlays. And yeah, that Chargers uh, Ravens game. Lots of points, I think, in that one from what we've seen from these two two defenses. So um, same thing with the Chiefs and the uh, football team. Points galore in that one. Um, I think that'll be like – I think that when they played the Eagles a couple weeks ago, it was like 42 to 30. I could kind of see uh, a similar score to that game. I mean, the Chiefs should get right in this game. I mean, they're, they're offense. The, the, the uh, Washington defense has been so overrated after last season, and they just been awful this year. I mean, the Chiefs should have their way. Uh, with them so um yeah it's a pretty interesting slate we have our first uh four teams on a buy so that's always good for or interesting from a fantasy perspective when you have to uh you know try to mix and match with that if, if you're losing some players so um hopefully the the weekend delivers like you know, like it has been the past couple of weeks i mean the red zone has just been absolutely off the charts so we just hope, hope that to, to keep it continue this sunday 100%. It, every week has been great so far, which is, which is really remarkable about the NFL. There hasn't been a dud. 
it, I mean, and it's been five weeks now. This is week six, so just a tremendous start for the league. I, I got to be give it to them. Really great. So, Andy, I'll give it to you also for uh, a look at this week's action, and I'll put those maps up if you want to take a look at those as well. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get big finger from Nance and Romo for not putting that game up there. Oh, you mean this one? Wait, uh, where is it? No, wait. It's you, this one right here. The non-map uh, score bug that you put up before John gave his thoughts. Oh, because they didn't put it on... Oh, yeah. yeah and, it, and I was Al deliberate, Michaels too. Is, I, Al, Al Michaels is going to give you a big thumbs I know. <laughs> Let's go back. Let me go back to that. Let me show you. It's all good. I, I definitely... Me, I mean, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Look, hey, listen. I stand by and it. And you didn't... Uh, Eagle... Bruce Aaron's gonna give you a big finger. <laughs> no, I think um, so. It's funny. John mentioned the Washington Football Team Chiefs game. Yeah, that's gonna be offensive galore. In fact, like Taylor Henneke on Matt Berry's website is projected to have like 22 points. So, um, for you know, as John mentioned, there are a bunch of teams on by and stuff. So you're gonna if you need you know, to go on the waiver wire and pick up a scrub at quarterback, Henneke might not be a bad option. And, um, you know, the, I think Williams, the running back for the chiefs, you know, the people that had Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you're going to need some backup too. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, the jets, they had all that momentum and now they got to go on a bot. No, not the jets. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they're one of the teams on the bye, but yeah, the yeah Washington, Kansas City. That smells like an over. Um, the Ravens, Chargers game. Uh, that could be one of those you know last team with the ball going to win that game. Dave, I don't remember, but I, I think those two had like a pretty good. It was a big a big game around Christmas time a couple of years ago, when Rivers was still on the. Oh yeah. Char I forget what the score was on that game, but I don't know that. Chargers Ravens that when I just saw this graphic remind me of that Christmas game. Yeah. Cause dog was like obsessed with that game for what he was like, that game's going to mean something like in November before that, you know, so just one of those things, Bill's Titans. Yeah. I remember the COVID game on, on a Tuesday. Remember when the Steelers and the Ravens played, I think on like a Wednesday night. <laughs> that was nuts. But, uh, you know, Vikings Panthers, those two teams, you know, instances where they kind of need both teams can't get out of their own way. That could, that game right there could be one of those like loser leaves town, and then the winner is like, yeah, we still got this, we still got this. But Cardinals Browns, you know, we're gonna be in that game for all sorts of rooting interest. Pants, uh, Packers and Bears. John knows better than anyone. Like I think Aaron Rodgers, is, Aaron Rodgers gets like. A, uh, I don't know, a uh, second happy ending uh, went for, tr you know, for beating the Bears. He just loves to troll the Bears. And uh, I I agree, you know, four and a half, I'll probably still take it, but I'm definitely going to have Green Bay and a few money lines. Unfortunately, like Fields, whatever they do with Fields for the Bears, it has kind of, uh, negated all the crappy stuff Nagy does. I, Nagy is a horrible coach, but Fields unfortunately has given him like 
a little bit more of a shelf life. They've actually looked respectable the last two games, but I think Green Bay will figure it out. I mean, uh, that game against the Bengals with all the weird kicks that we missed the ending of. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is, is a total clown. Um, Bengals will be good, but yeah, we're just kind of rambling at this point. Um, we'll we'll be into all these games. We'll be we'll be making up for lost uh, couch time. And Dave, I, I mentioned it that to you over um, on Sunday at, at mm-hmm. the bar. You know the Steelers. Now they've you know they they got to beat an overrated Bronco team, and now they get to play uh, Geno Smith Seahawk team. So all of a sudden, you know, winning nine games isn't like completely out of the question hmm. uh, as yeah. we thought it might have been when they were on that losing streak after, uh, you know, the opening win against the Bills. So yeah. it's a long NFL season. It's hard to, you know, we're still used to like breaking it up in four game quadrants, but with the 17th game, it's, you can't do that 25%, 50%, 75% anymore. But we still kind of can. It's like that with a rover pick, like a mulligan game. But it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's going to depend on Ben, isn't it? It's going to depend on Ben. I mean, well, if he play, if he has a good game, he doesn't throw the ball to the other team. But Juju's hurt, isn't Juju out for the rest of the year? Yeah, no, Juju. That's going to be so. It's going to be a lot of Claypool then, right? And then we'll see. But you know, but it's interesting. Cap and I were talking earlier in our fantasy show about Najee Harris as a receiving threat. And he gets targeted a lot. I think that is going to be one to watch during that game. Yeah. When we now, get around ca- to it. Ca- no, Captain is, doesn't hate Najee as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what he used to when he was a <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Interesting note. Yeah. Good nugget. I love it. All right. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. I, mean, I can show you just briefly uh, how L.A. will get hosed a little bit <laughs> right in the map. But uh, uh, before we go, though, guys, I did want to actually – talk about the Gruden situation and that was a really really nasty scenario I don't know exactly why these emails got brought up to the public but boy what a terrible guy he want, he, he turned out to be huh I mean John if you want to talk about that a little bit I mean it's obviously a benefit to the Raiders because he stinks as a coach he's a bad coach anyway but man who knew like I didn't I mean everybody knew he was a clown but I didn't know he was just literally an asshole like he was awful he apparently is an awful guy and as to like this issue about privacy, it's a valid question. I I don't know if I like the precedented setting as far as like just well anything you write in emails, just everyone's gonna know about it. I don't know if I love that, but the point remains that man, he just said some really terrible stuff. So uh, John, you with us? Like, what, what what's your feeling about the Gruden scenario? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Dave. It's a it's a delicate situation for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean. My, my feeling is that, you know, that, well, the whole thing was because of an investigation into Washington and Snyder. So, like, why are Rudin's emails released and not Snyder? I mean, the NFL is clearly protecting him. Like, it's, or the NFL is really run by the owners. That's why. And they, they're, you know, I think it sets a bad precedent in that the NFL is basically, you know, leaking these emails drip by drip to, you know, get whoever they want fired, essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Gruden is just, he just turns out not to be a good guy. And like, anyone, who says, oh, well, you know what, show me your emails or like, like you're pretty much outing yourself as like a racist, homophobic, you know, <laughs> piece of shit, basically. Like who says those things in an email? Right. Like, that's just, who says those things in general? Um, You know, and like it, again, like in all the people like screaming cancel culture and, you know, yeah, freedom of speech, like the, the Raiders are a private 
organization like and there's standards like he he has to be a leader of men like let's not forget like there's an openly gay player on his team now like how can he coach that guy now or, or have any respect in the locker room of that guy or just the team in general like it it, it just he just had to go like it is what it is like it just you know it, that that's just how it is and you know he's not going to jail he's not getting killed for his his remarks um, you know, a, a private business made a decision. Uh, he'll probably end up coaching again in a few years or end up back on television. I mean, his life's not over. I think, I think John Gruden will end up being okay after the, the dust settles. So it's just, you know, the world we live in where just needs to be instant reaction and, you know, both, both sides it essentially. And that's just, you know, kind of one of the problems with our, our world today, but, um, it is what it is. And, you know, he had to, he had to be gone. And, and in terms of a football standpoint, like I said, I think it's probably going to help them against Denver. I think this weekend, I think they're very much, much of a, a live dog. So just kind of my, my brief thoughts on it. Yeah. The football side of it to me is a net benefit. I, I, I think he was a terrible coach this year. So, I mean, what a break for them from that standpoint. And, and don't be feeling too sorry for Gruden. You then you have like a 10 year, $100 million contract anyway. Like he's got plenty of money. I don't think you have to feel that sorry for him. So um, Andy, anything you want to add as far as a Gruden scenario? I think it's, what John said, I, I echo, and just to illustrate how we consume and shit it out and digest it, like Urban Meyer is like, oh, all right, all you guys, y'all spent the last seventy-two hours like talking about me. Now you can talk about John, and no one's gonna, no one cares what Urban Meyer did. They might, we might revisit it, um, but. It's yeah, it's funny, Dave. I think you're right. Like I don't, you know, Gruden. I think at some point would have stopped becoming the Raider coach uh, for actual like coaching, coaching reasons. So it just kind of maybe expedited what would be inevitable, which would be Gruden no longer coaching the Raiders. Now this just kind of. It got the ball rolling, you know, maybe a couple of years ahead of time. And as for Urban Meyer, I have a lot more fun with Urban Meyer because all of us here, like, never thought he would assimilate to the NFL um, successfully. And he has just been, like, an absolute, absolute train wreck. <laughs> I, I want, I, I'm not ready to, the train wreck to end. I want, <laughs> I want to. I want to continue to see how bad Jacksonville can go. There's more depth. There's more. You know, we haven't reached rock bottom yet with the Jaguars, and I, no. I want to. Be, I want to be around for it. I want Urban to to stick around as long as he can. Um, but the, the Gruden stuff, yeah, like it's uh, like y'all said, it's it's not his birthright to to coach, right? And you know, all of us could lose our jobs. You know, for different reasons, um, he's has a high-profile job, and you know, and uh, whether we're, it doesn't really, the email could have been a freaking Yahoo address, it could have been NFL.com address. Like he got he got outed as, as like a boat bigot and homophobe, right? <laughs> and uh, the players like they're, they're like, what the hell, man? Like right. They, we don't respect you. So what's done is done. They need to just, you know, cut 
you know, it's like it's 1888 and the cert, you know, they're going to cut the arm off and move on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so people are like, oh, how could they fire him? But it's like they don't have a choice. Like they, He had no choice but to resign either in, in that scenario, because if they didn't, the players weren't going to play for him. Like there was no there was the self. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy once that got out. So I completely with you on that, Andy. So with that, the Raiders get to move on. Perhaps they saved themselves some trouble. There was no way he was going to ride out all 10 years of that deal. There's no way. No one no one expected that. So let's move on to the college side of things, where it's like a lot cleaner. That That's completely sarcastic. It is not cleaner. It's not cleaner on any level whatsoever. But we had a lot of good games last week. And uh, to tell us more about it, let's go back and uh, – Talk about, again, a really wild week in college football. I mean, the Red River game was fantastic. The the, the Alabama, and, and it, it stinks for Alabama, but but listen, it, it just, that's college football for you. You just never know. I mean, A&M comes out big. Their quarterback plays like you've never seen them play before. Who knew? And then the same scenario for you know, Iowa and Penn State, and Iowa's the number two team in the country. You know what that says to me? It just says that there ain't very many good teams this year in college football. That's what it says. I don't think it means I was that good. So uh, it, there's a lot that went on in college football. And, John, I, I could only think to talk to give it to you for the recap of what really was an incredible football weekend in college, too. Oh, man, yeah. It was an interesting Saturday for sure. Um, that Red River game, man, I don't know how, how Texas still lost that bet. It's just <laughs> – you know, they come out like a ball of fire. They're ahead, like they're intercepting Spencer Rattler. They're blocking kicks. Like they, the Oklahoma defense, they can't stop anything that Stark is throwing at them. Dejon uh, Robinson running wild. Uh, Casey Thompson's just pinpoint accuracy. They're up 28 to 7. And then after that, it just all just kind of went downhill. I mean, he got a little conservative. Um, you know, the Oklahoma made the best decision going to replace Rattler with uh, Caleb Williams. I mean, you know, Rattler, he, he might be in the transfer portal right now, uh, honestly. Like, he, he's gone from there. Like, he, that's – Wow, really? He was, well, I'm just saying. Like, he, he's not going to stay there. Like, he was already regarded – like, you read stories that he was a, um, a bad teammate and the, the, his other – you know, they don't like him or, he's like, he's partying too much and, and all those things. And just um, – you could tell like, he was just pouting on the sidelines on Saturday after he got benched. Like, you, I know – human nature like yeah you're you're gonna be upset about that but like at least try to show a little support for your team uh, but yeah that was a huge move that uh riley made because that was the winning move um but really just just these margins are just razor thin between some of these teams like there's that third and 19 play that they just throw it up for grabs the receiver's foot is like in by an inch on the sideline and they end up scoring that touchdown um getting a two-point conversion and then they ended up going up seven in Texas, uh, surprisingly, I thought they were done, going to be done at that point. They go down the field and tie it uh, with about like a minute left or something. And then you think, okay, it's a perfect position for Oklahoma to go down, kick their field goal. They're going to win, but all right, Texas three and a half plus three and a half is going to cover. And of course, they break the run to, to go into the end zone with like a second left on the clock and just the worst possible um, beat you could have for a Texas plus three and a half pick. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, I'll try to remember that one the next time I get an incredibly lucky break, you know, in my favor. Uh, but, yeah, that was definitely a rough beat. And, you know, Oklahoma, they've been escaping a lot of these games, but they're very much in the in the hunt for the 
college football playoff as we as we you know get into mid-october i mean there's not that many weeks left in the regular season we're like halfway done so um they're, they're you know they're still in the hunt for sure and that was a huge win for them uh the bama game was really shocking to me because if you guys remember two weeks ago i was telling you about my sec survivor pool and so that was the week that uconn played vanderbilt so i did not take uh vanderbilt over uconn and I didn't take South Carolina over Troy. That was the other game that was kind of a, a say easy pick, but like a higher spread pick. I ended up taking Texas A&M over Mississippi State, who lost. They lost. Calzada could not have looked any worse in that game, or just in general for the for the season. Like you, you know, they you know they, they beat Colorado ten to seven when he had to come in the game. Like the guy has looked horrible, and then all of a sudden he decides to just have this amazing night against Alabama. And you know that's why college football is great. I mean players can improve and you know good on him and um they just got off to that hot start and they were able to sustain it and you know when they you know bama fought back and then when they needed that drive i mean he gave it to them and they went down the field and, and won so um you know great job out of them you, you love seeing a huge upset like that i mean bama by no means is out of it uh they went out they beat georgia in the, in the sec title game assuming georgia is going to be there and i think we all agree that they will be um Alabama will be in the college football playoffs. So they still control their own destiny. It's just a blip on the radar for them. Uh, it's still all in front of them. But definitely it, that was a very probably the most surprising game of the weekend to me. Um, a couple other games there you have listed. Yeah, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Like there was nothing going on in that game for like a quarter and a half. And then all of a sudden, like just the floodgates broke open. And, um, you know, they, they just were trading scores back and forth. And, you know, every every time that a team scored, you're like, oh shit, there's like just way too much time left here for the other team to score. And uh, Arkansas made the right move there, going for two at the end of the game for sure. I mean, just put it in your own hands there, and they just they just couldn't convert. But you know, that was certainly a, a really exciting game. Um, Penn State, Iowa, uh, kind of your classic Big Ten slugfest. Although I will say, I think we would agree that like Penn State was very much in control of that game until uh, Sean Clifford got injured, and then it just just completely changed after that. Iowa was able to, to turn up the defensive pressure and, um, you know, the Penn State's young quarterback struggled. So, hey, like you don't complain for a win, you know, complain about a win. So Iowa certainly will take it. Um, and, you know, and they're, and they're number two in the country. And, and again, it's all right there for them. And their schedule is not too difficult the rest of the way. They do have to play, I think, um, at Wisconsin and at Nebraska, probably their two hardest games. But I you know, wouldn't say their defense couldn't carry them to, to wins in those games. So. Um, you know, that was that was a, a huge win for, for Iowa. And then if you look at the Big Ten East, you have like those four teams are all going to play each other and it's going to all settle itself out between Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State and Ohio State. I don't think none of them have played each other yet. So they're all going to play each other. And um, it's going to be, you know, one of those teams is going to be in the mix playing, you know, maybe probably Iowa in the Big Ten title game. So, um, you know, that that's all going to shake itself out over the next month. And then um there was another, I think those are the, the high profile kind of games that were just wild over the weekend. I do want, yeah, so yeah, you have the scoreboard up there, Dave. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, so the Michigan Nebraska game, um, once again, Scott Frost just cannot win these close games. I don't know who, who's got a voodoo curse on this guy. Like, you know, going from Central Florida where he was just the, the king of the castle, now he's like, he's literally he might be coaching for his job here. Like, he just, they just can't win these close games. You got to feel for the guy. Um, Michigan kind of just escapes that. I, I don't think they're as good as the number nine team in the country, but like you said, Dave, it's, it's a bizarre year. I mean, you know, anything could happen this year. I think um, Cincinnati is very much alive to make the college football playoff this year. They have to 
Um, yeah, they, like we, like I said before, I think they need Alabama to lose because if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, both of those teams will be in. Um, they have to worry about, in theory, they have to worry about Oregon because Oregon, if they run the table and they have that win over Ohio State, they probably would get in. But I think Oregon's a fraud, and I think they're going to lose again here at some point. So I wouldn't even worry about them if I was Cincinnati. Um, I think I think they're they're going to Oregon's going to knock themselves out. Um, and then you have Oklahoma in the, in the Big Twelve, and that's you know again they're just winning these games close every day. So there's definitely a path this year for for Cincinnati to, to get there, and especially if they keep uh, winning dominantly. Uh, it's just crazy how things change. Like they're 21 point favorites over UCF this weekend. Like who would have thought that? Like, <laughs> even like two years ago. I mean. Granted, UCF, uh, they're just so injured right now. Gabriel is hurt. Like, they have running backs hurt. They they scored, like, 18 points against East Carolina the other day, and, like, it was a struggle. Like, that was one of my, one of my best picks of the week was East Carolina. The UCF is just not the same team as they were, like, two years ago um, in terms of their offense anyway. But I'm rambling now. Last game I'll mention, uh, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. That game annoyed me so much. So I had Vitek. Yeah, they were they were winning the whole game. Another game, just, you thought it was in the back, and then just Notre Dame, just just a ratty just team. If they I give them credit, they hang in there. But you know, I don't know. Fuente is he he is just not it at, at Virginia Tech. And you know, Notre Dame they they tie the game up. They excuse me, Vatek goes up 29-21. And again, a scenario you think the game's over, they let Notre Dame go all the way down the field. They score, they get the two-point conversion to tie the game. You're like, oh, shit. All right, well, at least Virginia Tech's getting the ball back. Uh, it gets down to, like, fourth and one on their own 40-yard line, and this, this fucking guy punts the ball. Like, you're going to lose. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, you haven't stopped them. And he, he punts it away, and, of course, Notre Dame goes down. And, and gets the field ball. That, that was, like, such an annoying game. Because Vodtech was the right right play. Notre Dame is, is fraudulent. I think we all know that. And they just, they just keep – winning these games and i guess you know good for them they find a ways to win but they again they are not a top 10 team and then um we're gonna look to fade them but i saw their next game is home against usc so maybe we'll have to wait another week for that because <laughs> usc i'm sorry dave they're, they're no you're right you're in there in shambles i am so mad at myself for mm. not betting utah plus three that was just such and I, you know and you ever have a like after the game is over you're like shit that was a really easy bet. <laughs> i did not I bet Utah plus three. That was just too easy. But I digress. It was a, it was a really fun Saturday to, to watch all these games for sure. And I mean, football season is just delivering this year. You, you can't yeah. get you can't get any better than we've had so far. One hundred percent. I mean, the only thing that was kind of keeping USC alive as far as a uh, as far as someone to bet on was that trend of them not winning in LA, like Utah not winning when they were playing Los Angeles, but. When you saw that Dart was not going to play and it was going to be slow, I was like, oh, God. Like, I just stayed away at that point. I'm like, although I don't think I did in the picks here, which is so stupid. Like, now I feel like a dumbass for, for putting that in there. Uh, but it was, but whatever. It's okay. I, I think you're absolutely right, Sean, in the end. <laughs> Do not bet on USC the rest of the season. That's my advice. That's a good idea. Um, all right, uh, Andy, let's go to you for the, for the recap of last week's action. Certainly uh, a lot to cover, but uh, what are your thoughts? Well, um, didn't get to see as much as I usually do because, mm-hmm. well, I was drinking with you and Floyd at that bar. Yep. And in the morning, I was really just watching the, whatchamacallit, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game on my phone, and that game just was never ending. And obviously Texas and 
Oklahoma was doing their thing. I'm just looking right now at the Utah USC history. Um, so Utah USC won at Utah in 2020, but when the game when the game is in uh, when the game is in Los Angeles, um, well USC won in 2019 too. When the game was in LA in 2017. Um, Utah covered when the game was in LA in 2015. USC covered, but yeah, it's. I'm trying to. I'm just. I'm curious because I always feel like these games are just kind of topsy turvy. You, you, USC won by a point. Yeah, 2017. Uh, Utah killed them in 2018 as a seven point, but they were giving seven anyway, so they covered by 13. Where was that? Well, I those two teams they kind of bother me here and there. But yeah, yeah mentioned y'all we all should have taken you at uh utah a couple nights ago but the season is flying by you know alabama lost that was kind of crazy to digest the week before texas a&m lost to freaking pirate of all teams mike leach they're not that good either sec is just kind of i wouldn't say disarray but you've got you know you guys know, like, Kentucky is undefeated. Uh, they got, the like, an ex-Penn State quarterback who eats, like, bananas with the peel for attention. I don't know, Will Levi. Um, they uh, they're got, they have to lose at some point. I, well, they, it'll be this week, maybe. I think they play Georgia. So, um, but they're on – yeah, I'm pretty sure Kentucky's undefeated. LSU is probably going to fire – their coach in a couple of weeks. Uh, Alabama has a loss. Um, Georgia, you know, we're waiting for Kirby Smart to be Kirby Smart. You know, AM has renewed life now. Um, and Florida's, I don't, I don't know if Florida has a down year, but um, they're just, you know, Muller is not Muller without Trask and uh, Kyle Pitts. I'm looking so yeah so Notre Dame they're basically they 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 should have four losses they they should have four losses I didn't see any of the B uh, Boise State BYU game but I I guess maybe BYU had some quarterback problems John might answer that better than me but I, I thought going into the game they might have been having to play their third string quarterback uh, Penn State Iowa like I like the the silver lining to all this is yeah. I, there's going to be a lot of cross pollination with the rest of those Big Ten teams, and like last man standing, like hopefully will be a worthy opponent. Like God, fuck off, James Franklin. Any of these schools, like maybe Michigan, maybe maybe Sparty. You know, you're rooting for the tallest midget in that instance. And as I, I mentioned on the board, like Hayden in Virginia, this like angry, angry caller that calls dog was like, why can't the Big Ten get two teams? This is <laughs> The Big Ten team, Big Ten conference, you get two teams in the playoff. What the SEC gets it every year? Why can't the Big Ten get it this year? It's like the conference isn't that good, man. It's boring. It's boring football. Nothing happens. Um, and that might have been the most nondescript twenty-three twenty Iowa Penn State game, Dave. We were there were five TVs with that game on. I know. I, what the hell? Was I that? was turning my back watching Brave Brewers. <laughs> that, like, I just could not get in that game. 
could not get into that game. And that, <laughs> I mean, God, Iowa is just not fun. I, I, if, I'd rather see how far Herm Edwards and Arizona State can go, you know, and yeah. that's they're a much more fun team. Coastal Carolina. I know I'm just ran, but I'd rather see Coastal Carolina uh, line up against App State next week five million times before I get into any of this Big Ten stuff. You know? Yeah. Uh, Big 12, uh, well, Oklahoma State, close your eyes. Every year they just seem to be like top 10, top 15. You don't know what they're really made of. And now we'll get a chance because they play Texas. And, you know, eventually Gundy's going to look like a fool, but they're undefeated. Um, and as as we've all known, like everyone's been paying attention to the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. <laughs> they've had they've been playing they've been they've been winning and covering. So uh, I'm more into like the non Power Five schools, seeing seeing how they do. Like SMU, they're undefeated. They one of you know somehow they they're just like they won a game on a hail mary. Just some. I'd rather root for these conferences and these and some of these like uh, schools that you you're not going to hear from you know in a couple of years because you know they they get these like one and done seasons where they they you know, the team goes like ten and two against the spread and you're like I like that that's good every every week we can hammer this team. Man, speaking of hammer this team, I think I'm going to be fading the entire Big Ten this week. Like I just think they're all. Just gonna be really inflated odds. Every one of those top ten teams in there. My God, Dave. I'll just add quickly. Yeah, I am so on board with what Andy is saying. Like my two new favorite teams are UTSA and Coastal Carolina. I just cannot get enough watching these teams. Like Coastal's offense is just unbelievable. It's just that crazy like diamond spread like half. Like it's like an option, but they run it from a from a diamond formation and. It's just unstoppable. At least like the scrub teams they're playing, and they just they're just relentless. Like, I wish I had, had bet more money against when they were playing Arkansas State uh, last week. That was just such an easy, an easy pick in hindsight. Again, I mean, I did bet it, but like, I wish I had done more. And like, legit, if I had won, if I win the lottery, I am going to pay for uh, Coastal's coach to come to UConn. I would I would die <laughs> to see that offense in the UConn sidelines, honestly. Like I cannot get enough of that. And UTSA, like those, uh, Frank Harris and Sincere McCormick, those guys are just phenomenal. I mean, that game against West, I was probably me and Andy were probably the only people watching uh, Western Kentucky and uh, UTSA on stadium. I don't even know if you saw the game, but that was just you, you gotta love it. I, I love those teams. My my two new favorites this year. I've noticed a lot of UTSA love in the picks, guys. Like I've seen them picked almost every week in the in the in, in our contests. Like I think it's been the last like three weeks. Someone has picked them. So very good, very savvy on your guys' part. Uh, well, I, I I I'll just say this real quick. They opening night when they played Illinois. I think it might have been like a Friday night mm-hmm. FS game or something. And I just you know Google UTSA, and I'm I'm pretty sure I read like yeah Harris. They just they're they return back like all their skill guys, and uh, I just remember UTSA had like a Mongo coach a few years ago, um, like a retread guy. Coker, yeah. Name. Larry Who Coker, right? The former. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm like, you know, for tradition, let's just take UTSA, and uh, they've they just really haven't skipped a beat. The only I'm just looking at the only game they haven't covered against UNLV, but 
Um, you know, I don't know if I'll get into them against Rice, but yeah, LaTeX, yeah, we keep an eye on on UTSA. They're they're probably at this point, um, you know, they're what like San Jose State was last year right. to this year. You know, yeah. Just hopefully the odds makers just. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That point is going to come at some point, we figure. So it's just a matter of when, huh? That's cool. All right. So let's go look at this week's action. I mean, there is a lot. There's a decent amount of action. It's not going to be like last week. I already know that. But we have some decent games. I think we got Oklahoma State versus Texas. I mean, this is what's interesting. So Texas comes off that big win in that heist of a cover. And John, John and I know that well. We both were burned on that game against Oklahoma. I don't think they're going to play that well this time. We're going to see, though. So Oklahoma State, number 12. Texas, number 25. That's the big noon showdown game on Fox. Should be fun. Another one that it could be fun, and maybe it's just me because I'm biased, but I I just i am still waiting for Georgia's offense to get tested. I just don't feel like... And by the way, you're not even using JT. They're not even using Daniels right now. So he's been hurt, and they've been going with Bennett. I really think that Kentucky is going to have a good game against these guys. Maybe I'm giving away my pick, but uh, I, don't, I don't care. Like, number 11, Kentucky, at number one, Georgia. Georgia looks like they are the shit. Deservedly so. However, I feel like Kentucky's defense is pretty legitimate. And uh, Andy alluded to this, but they smashed LSU. They really did. They smashed LSU. Like, they were completely shut down. And or, Now, Andy said two weeks. I think it's going to be like... A couple of days. I think Ogeron's gonna be gone by the by the time we do the next podcast, you guys. I really do. I'll be shocked if he's still coaching by then. But we'll see. Uh Purdue versus number two Iowa. Yeah, have fun with that, you guys. <laughs> That's how bad this I mean, this week isn't that good if I put them on the board for future games. Uh number nineteen, BYU versus Baylor. John, maybe you might have thoughts on that. But another interesting scenario. TCU versus number four Oklahoma. That could be a sneaky good game, too, because I think TCU might be good. Maybe I'll see what you guys think of it. But uh, let's go back to John, and let's get your thoughts about this week's action. Yeah, definitely not the schedule compared to last week on paper. But as we've seen, like, it doesn't take much to have a great Saturday. And, of course, like, we're, you know, going to be betting on a bunch of games. So, you know, we'll make the best of it. But in terms of the highlight marquee games, like, there's, there's not much here. Um, always interesting to see how Texas and Oklahoma come off that kind of just huge rivalry game that just takes a lot out of them, and they still have to play a conference, ske- you know, conference schedule in the following week. And um, Andy is right; it's like Oklahoma State. I don't think they're a good team yet. They're somehow they're undefeated, and they're right up there. They just kind of just do it with smoke and mirrors almost every year. But um, you know, they're catching Texas in the right spot for sure. For sure, you know, in this game. Um, you know, their offense hasn't been great this year. Uh, they lost uh, Chuba Hubbard and um, their receiver, uh, Tylen Wallace. So uh, Spencer Sanders really hasn't had his full complement of, of weapons like they've had in the past, but they, they're they somehow finding to win day, games. Their defense has been pretty good. There'll certainly be a test against Texas. They're coming off a bye, too. That, that's just a tough game for me to try to handicap. I don't know. I, I, I'm, staying, I'm staying away from that one. Um, and same with, you know, I saw Oklahoma's laying like two touchdowns. I, that's just screaming to me to take TCU. Um, I know TCU's defense has not been very good at all this year, but you got to figure like they can they can score enough to, to keep within two touchdowns of Oklahoma. That, that seems like way, way too many points to, to be laying. Um, even with, even if they do stick with the, the quarterback change with Williams, 
and that just seemed like a few too many points. Um, yeah, the BYU game from last week, BYU, I actually did take Boise, uh, you know, just a pick, not here, but just in, in a bet. And, uh, you know, BYU had like four fumbles. They, they really struggled in that game. So I think you could be getting a little value here maybe on BYU. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Baylor either. I just, you know, they've, they've had some nice wins, but um, they're definitely better than they were last year. It was just a disaster. And I think, you know, just chalk that up to having a new coach and just not being able to practice and, and do whatever uh, preseason training because and then all like the COVID stuff. So, um, you know, that was just kind of a, a lost year, but I still really don't know how good they are. Their, their quarterbacks are, you know, uh, Bohannon. We remember, I remember him playing in the bowl game after Charlie Brewer got hurt a couple of years ago against Georgia and he really didn't do anything. Um, and then I think he, I remember he came in against Oklahoma in the big 12 title game as well. And they really didn't play well. Clearly, I guess they've, you know, he's, he's improved since then, but I, I still really don't know what to make of Baylor. I might have to watch that game to, to kind of get a feel for them. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the, for the, I guess the marquee games. There's some, some odd games. This week. I saw Wisconsin is playing army. Like what the hell is up with that game? Now that literally might be 10 to nothing. The final score that game like both teams <laughs> i mean wisconsin's offense is hideous yeah. and all wisconsin all army does is run and wisconsin has the best run defense like in the country like that, that game is going to be so ugly i think the over <laughs> over under is like 39 i don't think i've ever seen that for, for like a college game or at least in, in recent memory um but yeah there there's should be should be an interesting week like i said like sometimes on paper it doesn't always look great but um those those might be the the, the weeks that you get get a lot of crazy crazy finishes. Oh, we always hear that from Ron. Ron always makes that point, and it's come to fruition a lot of times. You know, it's really interesting. You know, interestingly enough, though, Iowa Penn State Penn State Iowa. I think the over under was forty for that game, and they actually just yeah, got it, the it, over. Yeah, you're right, and it, and it just got there. I'll, I will say, like, I know you guys probably it was on mute in the bar that you were. Way too um, many screens, though. Andy's right. Yeah. I can't get well, over like that. Gus Johnson, like, he was just going absolutely berserk. Like, that guy <laughs> could make a funeral entertaining. Like, he was, like, they threw that pass to the tight end. I thought he was just going to just completely just lost his mind. Like, he definitely made it entertaining just watching that game. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't have been if it was just like, you know, uh, you know, who's like a, a, a boring announcer on ESPN, like Sean McDonough or, or you know, someone like that. It right. not have it is as entertaining as Gus for sure. Yeah. You know, it, it, no, Tony Pease, I gave him a lot of credit for a lot of these, for a lot of the, putting on all the games, but that was a real miss on their end. They didn't even have the USC game on any of the screens. They had like 90 screens and they didn't have a USC on any of them. It doesn't really matter because they were getting their ass kicked in that game anyway, but uh, it, it still is weird that they had that game on like five screens and then USC on none of them. That was bizarre. They have a ton of screens checker. You should see. Anyway, Andy, let's give it to you for uh, uh, for what's ahead in this week's action. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I normally I'd be like Iowa pick again, fade Iowa. But the fact that for the letdown situation, but the fact they're playing Purdue, like I can't I can't do that. So I mean, just stay away from that game. I think Nick Nick. Not Nick Holt, but the same same guy basically. Jeff Brom is just a complete ooga booga cut in the Will Muschamp type of mode. I just I can't I can't take Purdue seriously, and it's all because of that game against Notre Dame, like that second week is of September when they just they just couldn't take advantage of a clown Notre Dame school. But just scrolling down 
some of these other games. You're, I'll, yeah, definitely be interested in Kentucky Georgia just to see how long this magic carpet ride for K- Kentucky can can last. I I don't think uh, if they can still be in like hailing distance with Georgia at halftime, like they've, I, I feel like they've done their job. Um, but just looking at some of these, like. Would you guys take maybe Missouri getting a nine from Texas A&M? Texas A&M might have a letdown spot. They, you know, after all the elation of, of beating Alabama, Dave, you mentioned Texas Christian TCU, you know, it's weird. Like Patterson used to be known for like defense first, but um, at this point, you know, TCU and that big 12, they've kind of more morphed into like a 35, 28 type of ball game than, you know, unless, unless, you know, that cheese it bowl against Cal, notwithstanding when I think like the final score there was like <laughs> six or whatever, but yeah, it's Gary Patterson kind of does it a, a different way than what we were all kind of uh, accustomed to. Um, just looking at some of these other games. Yeah. I, I would say Arizona, cause we'll talk about that later, but Arizona state, Utah would be a game worth watching, you know, uh, even, a game like Fresno State, uh, Wyoming will be interesting. Why? Because uh, Fresno State kind of gagged it two weeks ago uh, at Hawaii. And, uh, you know, you still ha- still need to kind of shape up that Mountain West, uh, those Mountain West standings, see who's going to be representing the Mountain and the West, respectively, for their championship game. And, you know, Wyoming is, uh, as John was in the building against Yukon, uh, like, Chambers and that running game. I guess they UConn kept it in check that one game, but it's weird. Uh, we bet against them the other day against Air Force. I feel like they, they probably, you know, still a little bitter on that. Uh, um, Air Force, uh, Air Force got the got the job done there, but I feel like uh, we might have had a bad beat there. I never, I didn't see it, so but I'm just I was following on my phone. Um, oh yeah, Oklahoma State, Texas. We'll probably take Gundy and maybe uh, regret that later. Let's look at Alabama. They'll try to get – see, I don't know. Do we hammer Alabama first half just because uh, they want to get their, you know, crap out of their system against the clueless Mississippi State team? We'll find out. Uh, Florida LSU normally is a game that you probably would have had up on your score bug, but because of all the weirdness that LSU has gone through, it's probably – it's definitely not as marquee as uh, – it is in, in years past, and yeah, confirmed Kentucky is undefeated, as we thought. Uh, Lane Kiffin going back to Tennessee, that's kind of a SEC-centric big game, but Ole Miss only giving two and a half. Tennessee, I guess the best thing Tennessee could have done was bench the Michigan quarterback and got given the job to the Virginia Tech transfer, uh, Herndon. It's just weird what these quarterbacks can do to like impact like the team's momentum. And then, uh, yeah, the, the late night chase boys is going to be Hawaii, Nevada. And I was looking we'll, at that. We'll yeah. That in some, in some shape, way or form. That's interesting. I'm curious how you guys are. Do either of you have it in picks before I ask you to handicap this? N- not, not on the program. On the It'll program. Okay. Real yeah, life. No, that, I usually, yeah, I, Staying away from that one for our, our purposes. But, yes, that the Arizona State-Utah game, that's a 10 o'clock game, too, or mm-hmm. East Coast time. I'll, I'll definitely be into that one. Uh, 
Whereas of right now, I, I don't know what to make okay. of that game. Like, I think US, I think USC's ineptitude might have inflated you the perception of Utah a bit right. more than what they really are. Because I mean, just two weeks ago, like Brewer just like quit the team and left the program. <laughs> you know, they got this new guy in there, Cameron Rising. He looked pretty good, but like again, like USC is just not not good. Right. Um, and Arizona State, like I, I mean, I'm. You know, not a huge fan of Herm, but like that team is really good. Like they're they're very talented. So um, I would kind of lean towards Arizona State in that in that matchup. If I, if you're asking me now, who I'm going to bet? Um, and then the Hawaii Nevada game, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to. We'll, that's a pick that's made it like 10-15 on Saturday night, depending on, depending on how the rest of the day went. <laughs> Love that. You know, I, I'm sorry I didn't put that uh, Arizona State game up there. I guess I should have. I, that's a, that is a good game. So my fault, y'all. Let's go to the picks then, and we'll start with Ron's picks, everybody. And and Ron is, I'll say this: Ron's going to be in on one of the games we just talked about. But we'll figure out which one in just a second. Yeah. Let's go. All right, Ron. Let's hear it, Ron. Ron has these picks for Week Seven. Oh, again. Oh my goodness, I'm rusty. Okay, um, yeah, for week seven in in college football, here are Ron's picks. It's delivered to me via the text. We were actually t- I actually had to talk with him a little bit about this. I had to make sure which which game he was thinking of for the set for game number two. But game number one we figured out quickly. He's going to go with Ole Miss giving the two and a half. At of course, right <laughs> at Tennessee. Absolutely, watch out for Tennessee. Not, not, I like not. <laughs> I love it too. Ole Miss minus two and a half. Game number one. So game number two, um, I, I thought he sent me plus five. It wound up being actually plus plus zero point five. So he's going Arizona State giving, or I'm sorry, getting half a point at Utah in that late night battle for the Pac-12. So that's a good. That's a, I like that pick too. So the picks for Ron: Ole Miss minus two and a half, and Arizona State plus half a point for week seven all right so now we go on to john in connecticut john we're ready for your week seven picks when you are all right dave uh i feel dirty picking this game but um because andy's right what he said about purdue and iowa but i can't i can't uh i can't turn down this letdown spot or just just fading iowa giving 11 and a half points like are they even going to score that much in this game like it legit could end 10 nothing. So um, I'm going to take Purdue. Uh, plus 11 and a half, I'm seeing. Um, again, like the Iowa offense, we've talked about it so many times. They're just not explosive. They love going on these long 15 play, like just drain the clock drives. And sometimes it's ending a field goal. And who knows? Um, they're just not built to cover these large spreads. And, um, you know, obviously. They've had uh, created a ton of turnovers this year, and some of that is obviously skill, and some of it is, is luck too. Like there's going to be some turnover regression here, and I by no means am I a huge fan of Purdue, and I agree with what Andy said about Brom and a whole bit. But um, they're you know they're coming off a bye. Their defense has actually played pretty well this year. Um, you know I know they haven't played some great opponents recently, but they've been they they've been playing well. They, they statistically they rank out pretty well in terms of like the advanced. Um, advanced metrics. So this is just going to be a, a, like a, your classic old-fashioned Big Ten, like three yards in a cloud of dust kind of game. As long as Purdue just does not stupidly give the ball away, I think they can keep this within 10, like 20 to 10 or 20 to 13, something ugly like that. So um, 
I'll take Purdue plus 11 and a half for the first game. In game two, we're going to do a little Conference USA action here. Um, we're going to take Old Dominion getting uh, 13 points plus 13 at home against Western Kentucky. If you haven't seen this Western Kentucky defense, my God, it is just absolutely horrible. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop the run. They can't stop teams from scoring in the red zone. Other than that, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> just, just, UTSA did whatever they wanted on uh, on Saturday night. Same thing with uh, Michigan State. And, and Indiana even put up 33 points on them. And Indiana is not a good offense this year. Um, it's just it's just not, you know, it, it's horrible, it, frankly. Um, you know, their offense is tremendous. Like we talked about it in the previous show. They basically imported the entire Houston Baptist team and offensive coordinator in there and and their quarterback uh, zappy has been phenomenal and they're putting up all these points it's just their defense is just so bad so how can you trust a team on the road laying 13 points when they have literally one of the worst defenses in the country now old dominion is not a very good team um i'm not going to say they are but they've been playing a little bit better lately they only lost by a touchdown against marshall and we know marshall has a pretty high power offense and they held marshall to 20 points which i think is a pretty pretty good effort on their part um, they lost to UTEP by seven. I mean, UTEP has improved this year. Um, and then against Buffalo, they were down like 31 to seven and they came back and, and almost won the game. They only lost by one point. So they're playing better. They were a team that didn't play last year because of COVID along with, um, you know, UConn and New Mexico State. So they did definitely started the year slow. But they're kind of starting to, to figure things out a little bit. If I look at their stats on D, it, it's, they're not bad. They rank in the top 50 of like most of the advanced stat categories which you want to see. So I think they can slow down Western Kentucky just enough and score on this just hideous Western Kentucky defense. And then we know the back door is going to be wide open when you're playing a team like that. So um, give me Old Dominion plus 13 uh, against Western Kentucky and Purdue plus 11 and a half are your two picks for college football week seven. All right, John, thank you very much for those picks. Very, very, very interesting dig, dig into the um, into the group of five this time out. That's pretty good stuff. All right, let's go to Andy, and let's get your picks for week seven. Yeah, it's too bad Arkansas State and Western Kentucky aren't playing this year because that would be like a, a Conference USA, Sun Belt, no defense type of game. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! Like, I hope they make make a bowl game. Like, put that on Christmas Day. Like, just, let's go. Let's get that right now. <laughs> yeah, that could be like, uh, well, I forget what it's called now, but uh, the bowl that used to be like in Detroit or uh, Mobile, Alabama, one of those, one of those bowls. Um, anyway, yeah, the picks, uh, Dave. Thanks. Uh, game number one, the checker on a checker here. Um, we're, actually, I, I forget who we took. I'm taking Arizona State. My rationale for this game is uh, Arizona State. I know I know they lost to BYU, and, and I wish they didn't lose to BYU now. I mean, the Pac-12 is just like they're, uh, they are on, like, oxygen. They are on their last breath for, like, playoff relevancy because of what Oregon did against David Shaw. But... And then, yeah, because Arizona State, they, they could have been undefeated had they not lost to BYU, but they did. But ever since then, they've they've just been kind of on this roll. You know, they, they had their way against UCLA, and they look pretty damn good against Stanford. And um, they're well-rounded. I 
I think Daniels will be a pro at some point. And their defense, their defense is really good. You know, it's an outlier for the most part um, to kind of list a strength of a Pac-12 team as their defense. But Arizona State, they, they, they hit hard. They create turnovers. Uh, they got some really goofy turnovers against Stanford uh, last week, but turnovers are turnovers. And yeah, it's like we love to make fun of Herm, but he got his team playing well. There's more, there's bigger clowns in the Pac-12 conference than Herm Edwards. We can list, we can list them all right now. Both two clowns in the state of Washington themselves, David Shaw, Chris Stobble. They're all right. We just named four right there. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. Give me Arizona. I want to see how far this Arizona State mojo can last. Give me Arizona State game game number one. Whatever I saw, pick them plus one doesn't matter. They're winning outright. In game number two, Dave, I'm gonna take uh, Washington State getting a, a point and a half from Shaw. This is a uh, the people out here were they're it's weird. It's uh, Washington State beat Stanford every year and they've beat them four years in a row. And then, uh, but then again, Stanford beats Washington every year. So, and then obviously Washington always has their way against Washington state in the apple cup, but for whatever reason, the David Shaw offense just doesn't see eye to eye with Washington state. We're gonna, we're gonna assume this happens again. Listen, I, I love making fun of Washington state. I love making fun of Stanford and, uh, as we posted on the board about a month ago, I'm gonna bet on or against Stanford every game this year. Um, my blood pressure is through the roof. My cholesterol sucks. My mental health isn't all that great. So at this point, this this doesn't this doesn't change anything. I'm just betting <laughs> against Stanford. It's a social experiment. Uh, sometimes, like last week, we took them getting the points against Arizona State. This week, we're betting against them. Uh, and then we'll be able to produce the results uh, with our Shaw experience. Um, you know, Washington State—they looked—they uh, looked like donkeys earlier in the year, but some—you know—they've had a couple, uh, two good wins under the belt recently. They beat Oregon State, and then they beat Cal on the road. You know, winning on the road at the Pac-12, you know, still takes some skill, and they did. And so uh, their coach is a clown. He's, he's anti-vax or whatever, but. Uh, He's not the one playing. His are, and we all know our feelings. Everyone here knows our feelings with uh, David, David Shaw. Shaw. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think uh, it's just I can't believe they beat or well we can because Cristobal the clown and uh, of course David Shaw has to be like well I I I'm gonna make everyone smell my own poo if I have to smell it you guys have to smell it. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened when he beat Oregon. It's like, man, you—that was the grenade that kind of blew up the Pac-12 playoff <laughs> chances. Yeah. But John, John's right. Like, Oregon is not—they—they they were going to lose at some point anyway. But wouldn't like to see them lose to a more formal opponent than Stanford. Oh goodness. Well, thank you for the pick, Sandy. I do have this one last. I do want to get your feel for Cal versus Oregon. So Cal at Oregon getting 13 and a half. How would you play? That? Well, uh, like Oregon, they're, they're like one of, I would say John made the answer better. Like their, their running back that got hurt probably the was the best in the conference and he's out for the year. Uh, and that quarterback in the quarter, 
Yeah, so the running back's out, and then the quarterback, he wasn't good at BC. So they lack, they lack like their skill players, which is arguably their best strength of that team. Like they're they're shorthanded there. Now Cal, they they're a defensive operated team. Their quarterback was so bad against Washington. Like I don't or against Washington State. Like I don't I don't see how you can play worse than he did. But uh, that game just. I would probably take Cal getting all those points if I had to bet. Love it. All right, Andy. Well, uh, good luck to your picks, of course, as well. And uh, thanks very much for sending those in and making them on the air. Let's go to my picks. I also, by the way, would take Cal in that scenario because I think the defense is pretty decent for, for the Bears. I agree, Dave. I'll, I'll make it a three for three. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll take I'll take Cal with the points. I don't love it. They've been a disaster this year, but I just can't trust Oregon laying that many points with what they got mm-hmm. going on. So mm-hmm. Cal for me as well. Love if you can buy the hook to like 14, that's even more ideal. It's very interesting, right? Because you figure it's going to be a lower scoring game anyway. So I think it's a good call. Yeah, I love that. Okay, let's go to the picks. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm all about it. It's almost tempting enough to put it in the picks, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, not this time at least. I'll put it in there somewhere though, somewhere else. Let's go. All right, here are my picks for week number seven. Let me get dramatic. I'm going to use the dramatic music tonight. Okay, so week seven. Here we go. So, um, this is going, the letdowns is going to be the theme of the entire weekend for <laughs> college football and pro football. So, you talked about the, we talked about the Red River game in, in our recap segment. And really, to me, it amounts to something very simple. It was trying to depict which side of that game I wanted to fade for the purpose of the podcast. Well, the truth is, I'm going to pick both of them. Like, I'm going to fade them both. I'm going to fade Oklahoma and Texas together. But for the show, what am I going to pick? I'm going to take the team with more points. So I'm going to go TCU getting 13 and a half at Norman. And after a game in which John alluded to this, they must be exhausted after scoring like 40 such points and having such a huge game and that massive finish at the end and all the fans. I mean, it was a really exciting game. They had to rally from 20 points back to win the game. What are they going to have left for against TCU? No one's talking about TCU. Who the hell knows what TCU is? Well, I still know that Gary Patterson coaches that team, so I think they'll be pesky. So we're going to go, even though I don't really know anything about TCU, but I did see that they were 500. However, I know a little bit more about Oklahoma, and their quarterback situation is pretty unstable. So all in all, I think I'll take the points. TCU plus 13 and a half. The game number two is one I really love. I'll tell you what. People have been talking up this team all month long. And everybody thinks, oh, they just descended to number one. Here we go. They're going to start to steamroll in the SEC. I say no. I say that Georgia's finally found a team that has defense as good as theirs. And that team would be Kentucky getting 23 on the road at Athens. I just think that Georgia is offense especially with Pickett or whoever the backup guy is, is not that good. I'm going to take Kentucky. I get burned on this a lot. I think I pick against Georgia a lot over the years. But I really do think that the, Kentucky's defense is for real. So I'm going to give it a chance. They're getting more than three touchdowns. So I'm going to go Kentucky plus 23 at Georgia to go along with TCU plus 13 and a half for week seven. And I'll need it because I was 0-4 last week. So away we go. Okay, so now let's go to the guest picks. And those guest picks come from from Tom in New Jersey. And here they are. Okay, so Tom has these picks for college football. Let's see if he's paying attention to the sport these days. He's going to go... <laughs> oh, my God. 
John, and you're gonna appreciate this. Virginia Tech getting five versus Pitt. Oh, I don't know, Tom. That that might not be the best pick there. But uh, I, I mean, hey, listen, I, it might happen. I'll, 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 I'll leave it as is. Virginia Tech plus five. Texas minus five is the second pick at home against Oklahoma State. So he will go head to head with me uh, in that second game. So to repeat. Uh, Tommy is taking Virginia Tech plus five and Texas minus five. <laughs> Just uh, good luck, though, Tom. I'm serious. I, I don't. I don't mean to make fun of your picks, but. Um, I just after what John was saying about Virginia Tech, it's hard, and and not, not only that, but isn't Fuente like on the hot seat too? Like, isn't I just like I don't know if that's worth. I, I just think it's really really dicey to to bet on that right now. Don't you think? Anyway, John, I'll give it to you for, for final thoughts. Yeah, it should be another another great weekend. Like, it hasn't been disappointing this year. I think just the whole atmosphere of just having fans back in the stadium and just everything kind of back to knock on wood normalcy. Like, I know it's, you know, we're, we're still having the effects of COVID here and there. But, um, in terms of the sports world, anyway, it's certainly very much affected still in our lives. But just I just think, you know, having fans back and just non-conference games and just, just the semblance of a normal season, it just has been very much enjoyable for both um, college football and the NFL and hoping to, hoping to keep it going. So I'll just mention a, a couple things. I'm very excited about, um, you know, my state is now part of the legal betting landscape. I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, I know. I feel bad for you in California, Dave. I don't know when that's going to happen. If, you know, they got bigger problems out there, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I was part of the – is officially launching next week, but I was able to get into one of the sites for, like, a, quote, soft launch. Mm-hmm. So I've been um, – you know, it's only open for, like, four hours a day, but I've been, you know, making some bets. That's great. John, yeah, very put, nice deposit bonus. So you're basically playing on just playing on bonus money to start off with. So I mean, you know, not playing with my money, which is you can't get better than that. So, um, so that's very exciting. Um, I mentioned to Dave before we started that I was waiting to see after my Vegas trip in terms of like spending money and those kind of things. Um, so that all worked out. So I'm actually going to be attending the Green Bay Washington game next Sunday. So that should be a lot of fun. You got to get into the last dance if this is it for, for Rodgers and Green Bay. I did go to a game in 2015, but had to had to go back to, to see if if it, you know if this is really it and if it ends up being a special year. I got to be there for it. Um, the third thing, uh, uh, Dave and Andy are playing in my uh, Pick'em League this week, so I am very much looking forward to following that matchup this Sunday. So uh, those are my final final thoughts as we depart for the night. May the best picks win. Andy and John, that'll be a really fun matchup, Andy. But before I go to Andy, John, are you going to be taking your talents to like the FanDuel sportsbook app once that gets? Yeah. So here, what we have is um, it's a little different than some states. I know some states just like completely opened it up to like all sorts of um, books, like ten or twelve books. Like here, we only have uh, there's one book associated. I don't know if, if anybody's listening or watching that understands Connecticut. Like there's, we have two major casinos here. Uh, run by the tribal nations. So one casino, Mohegan Sun, partnered with FanDuel Sportsbook. One casino, uh, Foxwoods Casino, partnered with DraftKings. And then the state lottery uh, contracted out to to partner with, um, it's called Play Sugar House is the name of the sportsbook. It's it's same as Bet Rivers, just branded differently, if, if anyone's familiar with Bet Rivers. So those are the three options that I have to, to wager. So um, what I'll probably do is just, uh, I, ha- I have some money on the on the two FanDuel and DraftKings accounts, 
So I'll probably could just kind of, you know, maybe either do a small deposit or just take advantage of the boost they have there. And then for the soft launch, I was able to get on to the, um, the, the state lottery one that the, the play sugar house one. So that has been interesting so far to just kind of mess around with that. So, yeah, so there's three, there's three options here. And it's funny because I think the other two are actually doing a, a soft launch. I wasn't able to get on it, but FanDuel had like this crazy boost yesterday that Brewers and Braves to score two runs total. And usually that was a minus 1000 prop and they were offering it for plus 100. I was ready to put like my whole account on it. And of course I wasn't, one of the lucky few to be able to do that, but I'm sure in time I'll, I'll get some of those. So nice, those nice boosts. So it's definitely very exciting, you know, and our state is reaching the, um, you know, it, we're in the 21st century essentially. And, you know, people might actually want to come here now to, to uh, you know, make some bets. I could see people like in New York city, like just driving right over and, and, you know, getting their bets in. So definitely, definitely exciting times. And I'm very much happy of not having to deal with some of those off Sure, sites that we're familiar with just not not good and like worrying about getting your money and whatnot so yeah that's true that's a very good point so i'm kudos to connecticut way to go good job everybody do the dance great job good job out of them so uh let's go to andy and let's get your final thoughts as well yeah final thoughts uh the pick them so uh pick them contest good luck dave it's a, it's a crap shoot um you you have a lot more points than me but i've just been you know I've been kind of, I've, I've been uh, given kind of like the Denver Broncos schedule, like <laughs> two and five somehow beats oh six and one, three and four beats three and four. But because I picked 49 out of my ass and the guy picked 53 and the final score was 24, 21, you know, it's just, but you gotta, it's gonna it go when it goes the other way, you commiserate when it goes this way, it happens. We got a long way to go. This, this tournament goes like basically up and past Christmas now with the uh, extra extra week but it'll be fun um quick hit number two out of three is uh silly season in golf is uh the second week in Vegas I wish uh, I mean I'm sure I could look it up like just download a roster of the guys that are uh that were in the Vegas event last week in the Vegas event this week and, you know, be like, Oh, that guy is definitely on a bender or eating fucking buffets and steak every day in Vegas. <laughs> what else are you going to do out there? Maybe work on the golf game too, but yeah, I'll uh, keep an eye on the CJ cup. If it's, I, I would assume it's at the same course as last. No, it's actually not summit. That's a bummer. Cause the course that they played it at last year, that might've been the Zozo. I don't know. I know there's, I gotta, I gotta do some research because the uh, last year, one of the uh, Vegas events was at this sick course. Is that Shadow Creek? Actually, now that I'm remembering it, yeah, in Vegas. Shadow Creek. It doesn't yeah, that even was a look nice like course. Mm -hmm. it, it like your typical desert golf course characteristics were not existent there because everything was like kind of like imported and just like they had like. They're saying the same thing about this one. It's like yeah lush like it's it's all green it's like a, it's a fazio course so like there's no desert like you know into the routing at all so that's like who you have to look for like who plays the fazio course as well so that's just kind of what i was been reading nice i'll definitely be making some head-to-head -head, uh daily wagers on that like last week i only i took scotty scheffler to beat webb simpson and scotty missed the cut bad job on me and quick hit number three about the uh state gambling Washington has it, but as of now, it's just uh, it's confined to the tribal casinos, and for whatever reason, only one of them has it operational. 
And, uh, but it's only 25 minutes from my house. And so what I've been doing like a degenerate clown, I entered in this pickup pick em contest where there's no spread. You just pick the outright winners. You have to be on the property to partake. Um, no, no Monday night game, no Thursday night game. No, the Monday night game you, you pick, but you don't, no Thursday game, no London game. So as long as you make your picks by Sunday morning, you're in good shape. Um, and I just go, cause it's 25 minutes from my house. So, like I might even go there tonight after this. And what the, I mean, they know, they know, they know they're getting you because you have your club card, you get two $40 uh, two $40 free plays on the slot. So like the first one's Monday to Wednesday and the second one is Thursday to Sunday. And like, come get your free play, make your picks on our silly phone and then bit your rear end off. Cause you have no self-control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it's so close to home. It's 25 minutes away. I can go on my lunch break. I can, you know, it's just something to do. And they know, you know, by offering these $40 free plays twice a week, people are going to, lack the uh mental fortitude to not go dip into the wallet and spend their own money but eventually there's going to be more like sports books open at the other travel casinos and they better they better reach a compromise like connecticut and open it up so we can all bet from our uh, phones and we don't have to be on uh casino property yeah right word up on that that's an interesting conversation too like when they will they open it up to the mobile sites so some are very stodgy about you have to be at the casino to do it and blah 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 we'll see because that that creates some interesting scenarios guys this has been a lot of fun thank you very much we had covered a lot tonight so i really appreciate you hanging out with me and um and doing all the picks and good luck everybody hopefully your picks go well this weekend take care everybody yeah, we got a lot of a lot of sports coming up yeah, it should be a fun weekend. Good luck, guys. Hopefully we can get a few better breaks than last weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. All right, take care, everybody. Thanks, everyone. All right, thanks. Good luck, everyone. Hey, good luck. Thanks, everybody. Peace. All right, so that's uh, that's our show tonight. Um, Annie, John, both did a tremendous job. So good to see everybody. And um, thank you very much for, for tuning in, everyone. Uh, if you missed any part of it, you can catch the replay right here on YouTube if you're watching uh, visually or if you're listening on the podcast. We're, we're glad you're you're subscribed to us. The podcast replays are also available at didcow.com in addition to Apple Podcasts and your podcast replay, your podcast player of choice. So I wish you well. Good luck to all your picks. We hope we gave you good advice. And uh, good luck to all your scenarios with football, wherever whatever they may be. Uh, it should be another interesting weekend of football for sure. I see nothing that would really make it not so. So I say good night for now. I'm Dave Medina. You can catch us on the web. I think I mentioned all the scenarios at Ditcal on Twitter, website ditcal.com, and, and then earlier I talked about where you can find us on YouTube and on podcasts. So we'll see you next week, hopefully. If not, then we'll take a break and talk and get back to you the week after. But until all until that point, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.